0: And often from, uh, re- referred to and fami- maybe familiar to many, maybe not to some. So, hopefully, be introduced today the parable of the good, Samaritan. Uh, but I want to lift up this principle uh, that this Samaritan lesson is taught on. And we find that in Luke, uh, 10th chapter, looking at verse 27. Uh, those who are able to stand a reading of God's word, if you can do so, please. And for this verse, Luke, 10th chapter, uh, verse 27, but we're going to look at the verses 25 to verse 37. I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. Hallelujah. Praise God for his word. If you're not there, say, Hold on. All right. I don't see anyone saying, Hold on, but I do hear pages turning. So I see you're busy doing that. That's all right. I'm going to keep on talking till I hear. It. All right. I think we're there. Say, Amen. So we, if you're all there, can we say, Let us begin? All right, I hope we arrive to the same conclusion. Word of God says, The man answered, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Praise God for his words. You may be seated. As you take your seat, if you can help me announce this to your neighbor compassion for your neighbor. Amen. Look to your other neighbor so they don't feel left out. Tell them, Compassion for your neighbor. Amen. I hope you're sitting next to somebody you like. We, we, hopefully we can grow closer together today. Looking at this text, what we just read in this 10th chapter, verse 27, is a man, a lawyer who comes to Jesus wanting to find out what he must do to inherit eternal life. Y'all see that there in the text? New Living Translation said he was an expert uh, of the, of the religious law. Another translation might say he was a lawyer, but he knew the law, and we see he knew the law, how he was able to grab from the law, not just one Black of a law but if you look to some that have footnotes if not you might see it in a commentary that is quoted from deuteronomy 6 chapter verse 5 also you can find leviticus 19 chapter verse 18 when he comes to about loving your neighbor so he showed his understanding of how to encompassate the law of god and say if you love the lord your god with all your heart your soul your strength and he says, I'm not going to stop there, but also love your neighbor as you love yourself. He understood this principle of being a good principle to apply to his life. Some of us might know this principle, might refer to it as the golden rule. Or some of us kind of summarize it, say, do unto others as you have them do unto you. Basically saying, love your neighbor as you love yourself. What we want you to grab here in this principle, I want you to know this principle. First, in having compassion for your neighbors, you must know this principle. You must know this fundamental proposition, this truth that lays the foundation of us applying the parable of the good Samaritan. First and foremost, this principle points out to you that if you love the Lord your God, you can't do it halfway. He didn't just simply love the Lord your God. No, love the Lord your God with... (laughs) It's showing out that if I have to love God, I have to love him with everything that I got. Y'all see that there in the text? It says, with all your heart, it is a part of your heart. Uh, have, you, have you been with somebody that seemed like they was halfway there? And you wish they were all the way there. They, they, they fading in and out. You having a conversation with them. They're looking around. They talking to everybody else. But when you come back, you say, huh, what'd you say? God is, is in constant relationship with us, and we, he is consistently talking to us, but we like, huh, what'd you say? Because we haven't given all our heart to him in certain aspects of our lives. There's some parts that we still like, that we hold on to, and that we let that be in there, but we say, Lord, I love you on Sunday. But on Monday, you know, God, I got to do my thing. I I, I got to get in where I like to get in and do the things that make me feel good. I might feel guilty about them, but that's why I come back on Sunday. Am I talking to somebody here that, that knows some people that realize that I might not be doing everything that I need to, but as long as I show up on Sunday, I, I'm going to make it all right. But God says, I'm not happy. I'm not satisfied with part of you. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and your strength. Everything that makes up of, makes, makes up your, your whole being, your existence of your life needs to go back to God. To love God also means to fear Him. To fear Him means to know Him. To fear God is not to be afraid of him, but to have reverence and awe and realize that, Lord, I will follow your commandments and do what you ask me to do. For example, if I could walk down your block one more time, that you might be driving down the expressway and you decided that the road was clear and you speed up and then all of a sudden you see a cop standing out, you slow down. You sped up because you did not fear anybody was going to catch you. You slowed down because you feared (laughs) somebody was going to catch you. So therefore, when you saw that police car reminded you of their authority and the law, and you feared that you might uh, get pulled over and have punishment, so therefore, you honored the law and slowed down. But those who don't fear, they speed on anyway. Now they ain't gonna catch me. I'm gonna keep on going. But when you fear, you realize, you recognize that I might obey. Let me walk down somebody. But I don't drive. You're running in the hallway, child. And while you're running in the hallway, the teacher comes out. You slow down. You start walking because you realize the law says the the the, the principal, the teacher tell you, don't running in the hallway. So nobody's in the hallway. Ha ha! I got free reign. I'm gonna run in the hallway. Teacher walks out. You start walking. Because you fear the authority given and you knew the law. When we know his law, we know his principle, we fear him and we obey him. So when the Bible tells us to love our neighbor, and we're being mean-spirited, we're being hurtful, we're gossiping, we're conniving, we're backstabbing, and we go back to reading the word of God and we fear him, we'll start feeling guilty. We'll start being we'll start feeling upset and start realizing I've done wrong because I know his principle, I fear him, and I wish to obey him and so you see this process that I cannot love God I cannot love God I cannot love God halfway so if I have to love him all the way look what it does not only will I love God with all my heart with all my soul, with all my strength I also love my neighbor as I love myself think about this who do you love and why do you love them and what do you do for them? And if you love somebody, do you give them the be- the best or you give them the rest? If you love somebody, do you get that that first that first drink, that first bite and then give them theirs or you let them get one first? Cuz when you look at the situation here that if you love yourself, you make sure you get the best. So therefore if I love my neighbor as I love myself, then I need to be looking to give my neighbor the best. You never come ask for the tool. You find that broken tool that you replace with a new one. Here, you can have this one because if you break it, <laughs> I won't be upset because I'm going to keep my new one. Or would you give him the new one and say, hey, you can have this. You can use it. You know, these are the perceptions that we get into our walk and our Christian just starts bringing in truth that, Lord, am I loving my neighbor as I love myself? Am I giving them my best or I'm just giving them the rest? Sometimes we don't even give them the rest. We just give them mess and we give them less. But God wants us to give them our what? Best. Has not God given us his best? In John 3, 16, for God so loved the world, he gave his only but God. So was that not his best? And so when we realize how God loves us and how he's commanded us to love him, uh, uh, help me out tell this to your neighbor that this is a commandment. This is not a suggestion. This is not an, an opinion. This is a commandment. This is something you are told to do. And so if you do not understand this, I want you to understand God has instructed you and told you that you must love him. That's a command. And so, what that breaks down to—that love is not based on emotion. Because who, if love was based on emotion, I don't know where I would be. Because, because look at the definition. God is love. Check it out in First John four chapter. God is love. So, if love was an emotion, think about it. when God got angry. Where would we be? We all be gone. For the wages of sin is death. So as soon as He got mad, bam, you dead. But he didn't do that. He had mercy on us because we talked about God's compassion last, that he'd rather show his mercy than his wrath. He does not stay angry forever. Oh, isn't God a good God? Yes, he is. Because we see that he loves us and he wants to bless us and take care of us, that his love is not based on emotion, but his love is based on his covenant with us that I love you. This was that I will provide salvation for you. And so through that salvation we have through Christ, we see this principle that love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, with all your strength. And, uh, can someone say and? And. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. We got the first part. Oh, I love the Lord. That's why I'm at church, but I don't care about you. No, 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 no. I love the Lord and I love you. Just think how hard it is for many of us to tell somebody when we love them. Definitely, you know, those good old date movies when they find out someone's in love. Who said it first? Oh, I can't say it. I can't say it. Because when someone says they're in love and say they love somebody, they're basically giving themselves away. And when they give yourself away, it means you open yourself up now that you expose what you have most to that person. now that person can choose to do what they want with it. And so when we love the Lord, we give ourselves away to Him, say, Lord, I love you. This one, I give all of you to me. And we need to be willing to do that to our neighbor. Give ourselves our time to them. Let's look how we can apply this principle. So Jesus teaches on loving the neighbor. Looking at this story, you see how the lawyer is not satisfied with after Jesus tells him you do, you, if you, you're right. If you do this, you will live. He says the story says he wants to justify, he wants clarification. He wanted to justify his actions, so he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Oh, what a, what a powerful question he gave to Jesus. And Jesus says, well, let me give it to you in a story. He talks about a man who falls on hard times. A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among robbers. And they stripped him, and they beat him, and they went away, leaving him what? Half dead. They left him dead on the road. This man, we don't have his name. We don't even have necessarily his nationality, but we can understand and probably imply that he was a Jewish man. Who is traveling down on this journey? And the implication can be this is a Jewish man because look at his audience. They're Jews who he's talking to. So this man could be understood, and it could identify this could be me. This could be me. That man. That man could be me walking down. That man, that, that this person could be a woman, that could be me walking down this road. I become robbed, I become stripped, I become beaten, left half dead on the road. Who is going to help me? Oh, helps on the way. Here comes the priest. Ha ha. Hey, priest, ha, huh? wait a minute, priest. Why you. Whoa, whoa, why are you so far away? Oh, 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 ha, ha. here comes the Levi, he helps out the priest, the priest probably didn't know who I was, but the Levi, the servant of the temple, they know who I am, hey, hey, wait, wait, why? Here comes the Samaritan, New Living Translation makes it clear to, to get the emphasis of the story, a despised Samaritan. Here comes that crooked person I don't care for coming down. I know he ain't going to help me out. And this is the one that comes close. The one you think is not worth your attention. The one you despise, the one you talk about. The one you don't even care about. He's the one that comes close. Looks after you. Covers your wounds and bandages you. Puts you on his animal he's traveling on. So now he's off and he's walking. He's took your load and now is carrying you to an end. New Living Translation makes it clear that he's on a journey. This was not a scheduled stop. This is not a scheduled stop, but he stops to see about your situation, puts you on his animal, and takes you to an end. And then on the next day, he says, here, here is two denaries. Denari- if this... More cost to it, I'll pay you when I come back. So this Samaritan is showing that he is used on his journey. He's going to pass to and fro and say, hey, when I come back, I'm going to shake on it. But you catch this, that the ones who he thought would help him out, the priest and the Levite, made sure they stayed away from this person. But the despised Samaritan, the one that will, came close, was the one that the Jews despised and did not socialize, did not connect. Matter of fact, many of them will take the long way around to get to Jericho instead of going through Samaria. So I'm not going through. If I got to go to Jerusalem, I got to go around. I'm not going through. I don't want to even get near them. But he is a, the good Samaritan one that gets near. Look at this principle here. Look at verses 34 and 35. Going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. Then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn where he took care of him. The next day, he didn't just drop him off. He stayed with him that night to make sure he was okay. Then the next day, after he found out he made it through the night, he handed the innkeeper two silver coins, telling him, take care of this man. If this bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you the next time I'm here. How can we apply this principle of loving our God with all our heart, with all our soul, and all our strength, and loving our neighbor as ourselves? First principle is this, that realizing loving God and loving your neighbor requires your time. He had to take time out of his journey, out of his agenda to help out this person. And, and I think about this, because this, this convicted me as I was looking, because I know many times that I'm on, you, most of the times, I'm in my car. I am going somewhere that I need to be at a certain time. And if I pull over, because I'm slow like that, I leave because I know how long it takes me to get there. I get there at the time I want to be there. I don't leave early enough, so I could be there 15 minutes early enough. I leave that time there about five minutes ahead of time, so at least I'm on time. And so if I spend that five minutes to pull over to help somebody, what? I'm going to be late. Ain't nobody got time for that. Y'all with me. And so I keep on driving. Then I feel guilty saying, oh, Lord, will somebody stop by to help them out? And and then then I feel guilty. God said, that was you. Why did not you stop? (laughs) And so now I'm feeling guilty because I did not take the time to apply the principle that God has already made clear. And so now I realize this, that in those times come, I need to slow down. Maybe pull over, check on and say, do you need to make a phone call? Do you need me to help you out? And oftentimes what I find out is this, that you don't have to spend a long time because most times they got a cell phone. And they always say, I'm good. Is it great? I get back in my car. <laughs> but yet those times are far in between because I say it as again, most of the time I'm driving by because I need to be somewhere else. And so how many times can I look and see if I was that person in that car, how would I feel every time a car drove by? And now once did someone check to see if well, I was all okay. Or if I need assistance, it just all just went by. And so I, I was convicted that I gotta Sam, I gotta do you gotta do a better job and making sure people are okay when you see them. And not just assume someone else will take care of it. Because that's what we think, right? Y'all know the story about anybody, nobody, everybody. Somebody thought they would do the job. Everybody thought they would do, but nobody did the job. And that's what happens, that nobody does all the work. (laughs) Because everybody thinks somebody's going to do it. But somebody knows nobody's going to do it. (laughs) (laughs) And so when we allow ourselves to become that somebody and look to everybody and find out nobody does it, then we might find ourselves at the same place that we would look for somebody to help us, but everybody had the same mentality we had and did not realize to give up their time. Look how he gave up his time. He's on a journey. He knows where he's going, but yet he saw that someone needed help more than him. The text points out to us what, do you see that in there? How he had compassion for him. Compassion, again, remembers to have, have a desire to help someone who's in a horrible situation. And he had a desire, not only did he have the desire, but he was able to help this person and gave what he had. You see, he didn't have an extra donkey. He said it, it was his own donkey. Think about how when someone comes over to your house to stay or they come to your apartment, they come to your loft, will you give up your own bed? No, you can sleep here right here on the couch. Watch out for that spring that's broken right there. But you'll be all right. If you need me, I'll be in my room. Your bathroom's right there. My bathroom's in my room, so you won't disturb me at all. <laughs> <laughs> just think about how, how we can just do that and, and give our person this, but yet if we were in a bad situation, what would you do? And so giving up of your, of your time, also giving up of your resources. Give up his own donkey. Look what he gave up to. Not only did he give up his own donkey, but look what else he gave up. He gave up his money. Some of us can give up like a shirt. Some of us can give a shoe. Some of us can give a sock. But can you give a dollar? Right. And that's when we get funny and we start talking about our money. You know, some of us might be quoting somebody, you know, say, so you know, you no, know, don't play with my emotions, Playing with my money. And he gave him two denarii, to the innkeeper, for this young man. Now, if you have a footnote in your Bible, you might find out that one denarii is a day's wage. Oh, does that sound familiar? One day to feed the world. One day's wage. How one day's wage can make a world of difference. But he was not given just one day's wage. He gave. Two days' wage. He wanted to make sure that this man's needs were met and that the innkeeper was not put out of any sorts. Y'all catch that? And so look what this this man giving up of his time and of his resources made a a life-changing alteration in this man that was beaten. Y'all catch that? He was left for dead, but this one man changed his whole life. By giving up of his time and his resources. If you can apply this principle to a loving God of willing to give up of your time and your resources, then also the last principle is giving up even your life. Because look what happened here. This man is left for dead in a treacherous valley. This is not a common valley. Some historians say that people would travel, that this was not maybe the best place. It wasn't the best lit place. It's not the place that you wouldn't be caught at night with. Am I talking to somebody here? And so this was not a great place to travel, but he could have been walking into a trap and coming to look after this person. Y'all might see some of those movies people play dead just to get you. And he could have been walking, but he took the time, he felt compassion for that person, not knowing who it was for, not knowing it was a trap, put his own life in danger for the life of somebody else whose life looked like they were in danger. And when he got there, he found out that this person needs help. How many times do you realize this? When you give your time, you give your worship, yes, you're going to be putting your life in danger. Yes, you go, if you go in to help a stranger on the side of the road, right, your life may be in danger. That is true. Matter of fact, the story was out. Of someone just got killed trying to help a stranger you know, uh, 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 I'm starting a story, but in a movie, that's where it came from. There you go. Thank you, Holy Ghost, brother, man. In a movie, a stranger, you know, boy, guy died trying to help a stranger change a tire. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all seen it. <laughs> and so that's what happened. I'm not talking about nobody's movies. But that's what happened. so this person remembers the situation that this was a good person trying to help a stranger change their tire but got hit by a car. We know how dangerous it is to be on the side of the road Why the cops, we have cops and, those, and the workers trying to tell you you need to get into the other lane that because their lives are in danger. And so these are the circumstances we got to put in place so we see that these are those principles and we see how valuable. So now here it comes again that if we fear the Lord and loving our neighbor, if fearing the Lord and loving God with all our heart, all our soul, and all our strength, and we're trusting him, do you fear when you're helping other people what's going to happen? No, you, you, you no longer feel it because you say, I'm helping this person down. Whatever comes is going to come. Think about when, when you go, when we help with Habitat for Humanity, when I was hammering the nails, and I, I'm not good with a hammer nor am I good with nails, but I was hammering the nails, I was not thinking, will I hit my thumb? I was thinking, will I get this job done right? I, well, I'm I going to make it worse. Are they make going to have to work harder again. <laughs> and so when, when we're helping people, we're not oftentimes thinking how we're going to put ourselves. Today. We're thinking about, can I help this person? Can I help him get this job done right? This man of this, uh, uh, this despised Samaritan looked and realized that he was not concerned about what's going to happen to him, but he was concerned about the one who needed him most. So look at this story and these principles. After he tells this story, he looks at that great lawyer. And he asked this lawyer, Jesus asked, Now which of these three would you say was a neighbor to the man who was attacked by the bandits? You see how the man replied? He didn't say the Samaritan. He did not say the good Samaritan. He just simply said the one who showed him mercy. The reason why is because this Jewish man could not give credit, nor could he give praise to a Samaritan. They were despised and not liked. And Jesus was pointing out to him, as he's pointing out to us, that when we have compassion to somebody that is to cross barriers of ethnicity, race, poverty and rich, that we should not love somebody because they look like us, they associate with us, and they hang with us, but we should have compassion for anybody that's in need because anybody could be that person. And just as we need to, that if you are, think about it, if you're waiting on the donor list for a heart, a kidney, a liver, do you care if it came from a mass murderer you gonna say, "No, I don't want to live." No, give that lung to somebody else. No, that's not gonna come out your mouth. You gonna say, "I'm dying." I'll take whatever you got. So how how dare we to be judgmental to other people? Say, hey, you're not worth my help when you would, if you were in that situation, you don't care who you are. Help me out. So we see, look at look what happens. Then Jesus says to them, "What? Yes, now go and do the same." You see, this principle is not hard for us to do this every day, to show compassion. Especially now, as the season has changed, you might help somebody else, helping them cutting their grass. You might help them clean off their, clean off their porch. You might help them bagging up the leaves. You might help them do all kinds of things that you can just look to see and help somebody else. And look what happens here. The, 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 the spies Samaritan did not get paid back. He didn't ask for anything back in return. He he says, I'll give more if it's needed. Y'all see that? He says, I'll pay more if more care is needed, but I don't need anything back. All I want to know is that who I helped was helped. We need to look to do the same thing. Not look to get paid back. Not look to be complimented. But just look to see, did I help somebody? Was I able to give him my time, give him my resources, and even give him my life so that God would be magnified, he'd be glorified? Because Jesus told him, go and do likewise, and we are too to go and do likewise and be like who? Like Christ. And did he not give up of his time? Did he not give up of his resources? And did he not give up of his life? And so if he can do that for us, and we say we follow after him, then we need to do the same thing. Let's turn to a word of prayer. Lord, we just come.